Hey guys, welcome to the Marriage Millennials Podcast. It is 9.48 p.m. on Monday, April 1st. Welcome back and thanks again for listening. And if you're new, hey, we're your hosts, Rochelle. And Samuel Shayola. We're the creators of MarriageMillennials.com, which is a blog that discusses God's design for family, teaches millennials to honor Christ before marriage, and prepares them for family. Pretty much, we teach millennials to honor Christ before a spouse and with one, while preparing them for family if that is the current desire they have. All right, before we get started, as always, we want to tell you where to keep the combo going with us after the end of the podcast, as well as some housekeeping for the site. This will be posted on the website marriageformillennials.com, so if you have any questions, feel free to comment below on that post, or you can also visit the Facebook page, backslash MFMillennials. Rose Twitter and IG handles are at Rochelle Shayola, and mine is at Samuel Shayola, so feel free to follow and talk with us there as well. Also, the podcast is on all listening outlets, so subscribe so that you won't miss an episode. Just type Marriage for Millennials in the search bar and it'll pop right up for you. Last thing, if you've been following or even if you haven't, there are a ton of cool things on the site from books to free courses, products, and more. So feel free to check those out as well. Alrighty, guys, let's jump in. Said all that to say we actually don't have an episode. April Fools. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. I feel like are we are we too old for that? Cause I feel like this year this year came and went by and nobody cared. Like everyone was like, right. don't April I think Fools I have me. One guy who posted something about April Fools today. I didn't I didn't really see much many pranks. Yeah, but I feel like for the most part, like we were all just over it. Like don't I don't um, I think it's a wave. I'm not interested. I think it's a wave, yeah. Like yeah. right now everybody's way too high strung and serious. Yeah, we I mean we we might also be getting old. You know, we might be getting old. We might just not care. Man, I don't know, man. I just think overall the country just way too high strung. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, hope you guys had a great weekend um and a great start to your week as always. What did we do this weekend? Um Oh, I was out of town. Yeah, <laughs> like what did say. we do we didn't do anything because i was out of town um i mean we hung, i hung out with some of our friends in atlanta um not only that um we also had a dinner after church with some or lunch really after church with some friends and always as always we hung out with our really good friends uh who just had the baby mm-hmm. love hanging out with them and uh met their grandma again so that was a really good time and experience. Yeah. So I was pretty much traveling for most of the weekend. Um, uh, my grandma is what I will say she is to me. She actually passed. So I was up in New York where I'm from for the funeral and all of those, log- you know, things, logistics of all that and stuff. So Sam and I were actually not together this weekend. And we actually won't be together next weekend either because I'm mm-hmm. traveling again. But um, yeah. So, you know, we had a little fun. I was like, Sam, go hang out with your friends. Go out of the house, please. So um, that was our weekend. Which actually segues into the topic of today, because this is what I'm going to be working on this weekend once again, is contentment. Yes. So the topic of this podcast this weekend is contentment versus ambition. Um, I feel like this is something that a lot of people struggle with, Um, even myself sometimes, Um, just kind of that balance, that you know, fine line between contentment and ambition. So we wanted to do a podcast that talked about that um, today. Um, Yeah, and we hope that you enjoy it. So our first point that we're going to get right into it is contentment versus happiness. Go ahead. Take it away. 
Okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, for the most part, the way we looked at this was that there is the solid foundation of contentment, and then there is the much more fluctuating uh, emotion of happiness. And we have done a parallel conversation of this with other topics as well, such mm-hmm. as like within like marriage, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, but the point is, is that um, happiness always fluctuates while contentment remains constant and steady. Right. Um, and the reason why is because your contentment is in a solid foundation, that solid foundation being Jesus Christ. It mm-hmm. does not change. And when you have full confidence in that, then you're not really so well, it's not it's not it's not that you're not affected, but you know that the outcome is in the hands of the Lord. Right. Um and I think that in our lives, I think we give things and people too much credit and just too much um power that they just that that they just don't possess, right? Right. Um, whether you're doing it to your spouse or whether you're doing it to your job or whether you're doing it to, um, you know, just anything. Um, when you look for other things for your happiness, whether that be your husband or whoever, like you said, um, you're just totally missing it. It's totally going over your head. Mm-hmm. Um, th- I mean, let's look inside of yourself. I tell people who, who, especially in this point in my life, like I tell people who get to know me like that straight up, like I'm going to make you unhappy at some point in our life, in right. our friendship, in our relationship. Um, so how you handle that is extremely important. You know what I mean? Because like, <laughs> you know, like it's like, you know, because at the end of the day, it's like happiness is something, although we know we look to attain it, it's something that is not always guaranteed. Right. And so contentment is kind of like in spite of even my unhappiness, I am content. Right. And that's the difference between contentment and happiness. Um, happiness is something that, you know, will come yeah. over time, but then sometimes it leaves. Yeah. And it, sometimes it, it's an emotion. Yeah. And, and, you know, like one thing we were talking about together was that when it comes to this, like, for example, there are certain phrases that we use, like for that, have are grounded in this biblical truth and we'll talk about the biblical side of it in just a moment but like for example the pursuit of happiness that phrase right the pursuit of happiness means that you're always constantly going after it um it doesn't mean that you'll always attain it um but it does mean that when you do attain it enjoy it during the time when you do have it but even while you're chasing it you should still have a level of contentment a level of okay things are not perfect right now but I'm not in despair. Yeah, and I think that we were kind of talking, a lot of times people don't see what's going on, if if that makes sense. Like, they don't really... There, A lot of people think that they're, like, doing life intentionally, but a lot of people are just existing. And a lot of people don't understand that they're on the hamster wheel. Like, I'm trying to find this thing... For happiness, it could be my chakras, it could be um, <laughs> my husband, it can be my career, it can be brunch on Sunday, yeah. like it can be my friendships. Like, but a lot of us are just on this hamster wheel trying to find this happiness, and we're not realizing that five years has gone by and we still haven't found it. Like, right. maybe that's not the answer, exactly. you know? Exactly. Um, and so, yeah, like just you know, to your point, just that happiness is something that you're always going to be in the pursuit of 
And you may attain it at one point, but just because of life and the way things are in our sinful world, it will come out of the grasp out of the grasp of your hands at some point. Yeah, and so you'll content- be pursuing it again. Right. So contentment is what sustains you because right. it's the one thing that is unconditional. Yeah, it's very much so like when we used to, uh, in our earlier podcast, we used to talk about this in regards to like, Marriage is to make you is to make you holy, not to make you happy, right? Right. Because the same exact concept uh, was what was being driven was being um, nailed down there as well. Happiness is something that will come, it will go, it will come, and it will go. But that contentment is actually what's going to matter in regards to whether or not you're going to keep those vows, for example. Right. Um, I was just going to say that the, uh, the, the, the biblical text I had here was Ecclesiastes chapter one, um, really verse seven and verse eight, but verse eight, I think kind of puts it, uh, uh, drives the point home for this particular, uh, uh, topic. And it says that, um, the eye is not satisfied with seeing nor the ear filled with hearing. And basically, it's saying that like the 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 desires of man will always be infinite, right? So that therefore your happiness, like you're gonna attain things in your life, guys, and they're gonna make you happy for that moment. And all of a sudden, you're gonna want. Ah, I think I want this one now. Oh, I think I want that one now. You know, um, I think our pastor started off uh, his sermon with this particular. Uh, parable of a, a, a guy who catches a magic fish and the fish uh, gives him one wish, him and his wife one wish. And the first time they catch the fish, she wants just a regular house. The second time she wants like a mansion. The third time she wants a palace. And then the fourth time she wants to be queen of the universe. And the fish is like, okay, this is getting out of hand. I'm giving you nothing. And the point is that though, that those desires are infinite. That happiness is is always fleeting. It's never going to be fully um, satiated. The only time you'll be fully satiated is in your contentment in Christ. Right. And, um, that kind of brings us to our second point, um, which is pretty much saying that contentment is more about your heart than it is your circumstances. Mm -hmm. Um, kind of like what we said, your circumstances will always change. Your happiness will always change. Um, contentment is more of that mirror of how do you view God's sovereignty or how do you view Christ's hand in what you're going through? Right. Um, happiness is something that is, you know, only based on your circumstances to where it's just like, okay, well, when the circumstances isn't happy as, as it used to be, what do you do? Right. Um, but contentment is that mirror, like I said, that, you know, it's like, okay, well, in spite of this situation or this circumstance, my heart is fixed on you, Lord. Like my heart is fixed on, you know, your hand in this and knowing that all things are for my good, even if I'm not happy. Yeah. At and that time. Exactly. And, you know, being content comes when you recognize what Christ has done and um, you know, I think about it almost like uh, an athlete, right? Like if you, whenever a coach is training his athletes, he trains them for various 
scenarios that they could potentially be in on the field. So, you know, in some cases you might be dealing with, uh, if you're talking about football, you might be dealing with a blitz coming in. In some cases you might be dealing with zone coverage. In some cases you might be dealing with one-on-one man coverage. Whatever it might be, you have to be able to fit those circumstances, I mean, deal with those circumstances in the moment. And you create a better balanced athlete when they're able to know and read those circumstances and now say, okay, I know how to adapt to that. I know how to adapt to this. And that is where contentment comes from. Um, I guess also, you, I guess you can kind of leave. No, I'm not going to go there. Let's go. Let's keep going. So um, uh, one verse that we had here was uh, in knowing what Christ has done for us. Uh, you can look at Second Corinthians chapter uh, 8, verse 9. It says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, by his poverty, might become rich. And um, one can only be readily uh, content when he knows that although he has not yet realized his status of happiness or wealth that he seeks to attain, that he is already that rich and much more fulfilled in Christ. And this abates that overzealous spirit to always desire more. And the idea is that you already have it in Christ. Um, If I could just expand a little bit more um, on that, what I would say is this. There is the world's view on this, which is Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? And Maslow's hierarchy of needs states that it's like a pyramid. And at the base of that pyramid, you have to have your physiological needs. That's basically like food, water, you know, you need those basic things to just sustain yourself. And then what's the next level up? It's safety, right? So you need shelter. You need something that's going to be sturdy, that's going to last you for a while, that's going to provide you a barrier of safety between you and whatever averse you know, um, elements are out there. And then the next thing they say that you need is love and belonging and then esteem, like self-esteem. And then finally at the pinnacle of that, you'll have self-actualization and all these little things, um, are just stepping stools to finally get to your self-actualization. However, with the biblical concept, it flips that completely on its head. So at the base, you already have everything in Christ. You're not, you're not looking for family members, for example, to fulfill you to become um, self-actualized. You're not looking for food to fulfill you to become self-actualized. Or your spouse. You're not looking for your spouse to become make you feel self-actualized. You're not looking for self-esteem to make you feel self-actualized. You feel self-actualized in your identity in Christ, in who you are. That is, it, it's, it's that whole idea of... It's done. It's not something that we're working towards. It's done in Christ. Right. But now we're, we're, we're going to see it actualized as we become more like him. Right. Yeah. And so that brings us to our next point. Um, and I think we'll probably stay on this for a little minute. Um, <laughs> is contentment does not mean you can't be ambitious. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of times you're either on two extreme ends of the spectrum is yeah. what I've realized that we are as a society. On one hand, you have people who are just like, contentment means that I must give everything and I must be like maybe just higher than a homeless person. Like, you know, like, <laughs> like I must be 
just higher than a homeless person because that means I'm content with whatever God has given me because I will deny myself. <laughs> like, you know, like I will deny myself of everything, right? And you have that on one side. And then on the other side, you have the prosperity gospel where it's just like, oh, God, you know, he will give me abundantly. <laughs> above all I can ask you know like and it's like I need the house and the car and everything right, right right and so I think there there is a need for that balance like it's an important it's important to have that balance of knowing that contentment does not mean broke you know yeah. contentment does not mean I can't do anything I can't have any wealth I can't exercise my passions but it also doesn't mean that i have to be slaves to the dollar and take every dollar if it does not align with god's will yeah sometimes you're gonna have to say no to a dollar right and um and it's kind of it's not really tricky but it's something that you have to use wisdom to work through because on one hand you have to understand yeah this may be a great idea. This may even have the word Christian on it, but it may be a verse out of context that I'm creating a whole, you know, vision based on or business based on. You know, it's not accurate. I think about um, the uh, CEO of Chick-fil-A and his whole business model when I think about this. Like, he, from the jump, he's had his his goal in mind was that I want to create this successful you know, um, basically chicken joint that, Mm -hmm. that as it, that, that at its core has very, very good, um, uh, customer service and and, chicken and, and great chicken um, (laughs) and and great waffle fries and sauces. Everything about Chick-fil-A is great. Right. But anyway, the point is, is that he said to himself, but there is some situations that I'm not going to accept those dollars. Right. And that for him was on Sunday. And to this day, as in the tradition of Chick-fil-A, they are closed on Sundays, yet they are the number one um, uh, fast food restaurant. Um, they've surpassed McDonald's in sales. Like So when you think about that, you have to say to yourself, okay, that is an excellent example of someone who doesn't always say yes to everything as far as for what they can grab and is content with whatever God gave him in those six days that he was able to labor. Right. You see what I'm saying? So I just think that, that, that we have to learn to balance verses that tell us, like, for example, um, in Luke 12, 15, it says, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions, right? That's the one that tells us, you know, um, don't put your trust in riches. That's one side of it. But then the other side is that, for example, when God gives the parable of the talents and he there's a guy he gave five talents, there's a guy he gave two talents, there's a guy who gave one talent. And the guy who gave five talents, he multiplied it um, and came back. When the master came back, he had ten. The guy he gave two talents, he multiplied it. When the master came back, he had four. And the guy he gave one talent buried it. And what did the master say? Why did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Essentially. Right. And then and then the the the, the servant then replied he said cuz I knew you were a you, that that you were a um basically you're a tough master. And he said, "Well, if you knew that, then why didn't you multiply what I gave you, even the little right. that I gave you?" And that's the example of those Christians who feel like I must deny myself of anything, yeah. of everything. And it's like, no, because God gave you a talent and he wants you to multiply it. Yeah. Not just to deny yourself 
of everything. And when you don't multiply it, what does he say that that person is? He says they're wicked and slothful. That means that they're they're not they're they're actually lazy. I don't know but why, but that word hiding. sloth just like just made me feel some type of way. It cuts, don't like, it? Just cuts. Like you can call me anything you want to, but, but don't, don't call, call me, me a sloth. slothful. Don't call me slothful. Slothful. Just the S and the L just, just makes me like listen, listen. Don't don't do it. Yeah, man, that word just cuts. It just cuts, and and but that but that's it, what people are doing is they're hiding. They, they think their poverty is virtue and really their poverty is a vice and um, they're hiding their lack of ambition. And it's also deflection. Right. Deflection on the fact that you don't want to work. Right. You don't want to be a hard worker right. like God, you know, commands us to be. Yeah. Um, you kind of want to skate by mm-hmm. and do the bare minimum. So just be mindful of that, you know, kind of when you're dealing with your own portion, mm-hmm. what that means um, for you, just making sure you are being a good steward over God's talents. And being a good steward doesn't necessarily mean just holding the ones you got. Sometimes it means flipping it and making more of it. Yep, absolutely. And in that same vein, um, I guess the next topic is still on ambition. And I guess we would, we want to put that in light of God's sovereignty. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, um, one thing this weekend that we did was a small group. Um, we always do the small group with our um, some of our church members, and we had a whole bunch of people come over, and we all ate food. I brought curry chicken. I bought curry chicken. I didn't make it. <laughs> Everybody was like, "Terrible!" Did, Ro- did Rochelle make this? I was like, "Uh, yeah, Rochelle's out of town, and yes, I don't cook. I made it. Yes, <laughs> right. Yes, I did. Absolutely, we'll take that. No, curry. I didn't make it." She made the money, you know. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So, um, the point is this: so we have to recognize with our ambition that we are finite human beings. There's only 24 hours in a day. People who are very overly ambitious recognize this, and because they're overly ambitious, maybe they don't sleep as much, right? But one thing that was stated that was um very interesting, um, uh, at least for this particular person, was that. Uh, he makes it a practice to make sure he get his eight hours of sleep a day. And while I'm not saying that that's a hard, fast rule that everybody has to follow, but his, his point there was that I only have a certain number of hours a day. I optimally, I optimally uh, work best when I have slept well, but the reason why sometimes I don't get eight hours is because I think that in my labor, that there will be something that I am able to change about tomorrow, that or or not necessarily change about tomorrow, but that I don't trust in the sovereignty of God based off of the labor that I have put in. Right. Maybe during the eight hours of work that I do have um, throughout the day, I need to capture my time better, as opposed to staying up later um, and not you know getting the sleep that I need. Right. Those and- are yeah. Yeah, and it's so funny because that's something that I always used to think about, like, just even as an entrepreneur, just, like, because you already, you know me, babe, like, if it's one thing I'm going to get, is sleep. Like, yeah. Rochelle's going to sleep. Like, Absolutely. if we're in the movie theater and uh, I don't had too much carbs, <laughs> Shelly going to sleep. Yeah. I'll go to sleep in like the first forty five minutes of the movie and so you, wake up at the last end like, Oh, what's going on? <laughs> and so sometimes you're like, Oh, am I not cut out for this? Like 
and it's like, you know, it's totally okay to rest. And you, recognize that you are finite. You don't have infinite right. energy. I don't have infinite energy. And whatever God gives me in this time that I'm working for him, he will give me that and he will provide for that. And he will provide other avenues for me to get more opportunities to work. Yeah. And whatever that may mean. But in the meantime, he honors, you know, my work and he honors what I'm doing in the time that I am awake. Yeah. And, you know, this is this is why, for example, we we tweak our business plans bit by bit is because what we're doing is you'll do whatever work you do right during the day. You will then reap the reward of whatever work you've put in. And what I mean by that is that you'll have a certain number of customers that come in from that work that you've put in. Mm -hmm. So now when you have those customers that come in, if you want to tweak that, well, God graciously has provided you signals. He has given you certain things that show you that, okay, if I do this, this happens. If I do that, actually this takes away from my business. So then I can now during those work hours more accurately capture my, or more effectively, I should say, capture my time to reap the best rewards during the time that God has given me consciousness, air in my air in my lungs and, you know, the ability to wake up in the morning. But then when it's time to sleep, be willing to sleep and leave it in God's hands. Right. To the man, to the God who does not slumber or sleep. Right. Yeah. Right. Another point I wanted to add in regards to ambition versus God's sovereignty is making sure that our ambition comes second to God's sovereignty. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times, you know, some of the desires of our heart, I think we talked about this like a while back in our podcast, is sometimes gives God gives you a desire mm -hmm. so that you can place it right back on the altar. Oh, yeah. And yeah. sacrifice it for mm -hmm. him. And a lot of times, you know, we don't understand that completely, number one. I mean, how many mothers, right, have all these amazing talents? I was going to be a lawyer. And then I had kids and I decided to stay home with them. Yep. Uh, I was going to do this or whatever. And I decided to pretty much place it back on the altar for the greater good. Mm -hmm. And we always have to be mindful that our ambition is second to God's sovereignty. Yeah. Um, a lot of times we will even try to create, you know, take scriptures out of context so that we can convince ourselves <laughs> that our will is in alignment with God's will. But sometimes it's not necessarily so. Right. And so we have to be mindful that um, what we desire always comes second to what God has predestined us to be. Right. Because sometimes those things conflict. And even if our, even when our desires are good things. Yeah. Because there's nothing wrong with a woman working. Mm -hmm. Right? But sometimes it's just not the best feasible thing for her family. Right. And it's not that she can't at another point in time in her life. You know, one thing we have to recognize in our finitude and in in the fact that we are finite human beings is that we can have it. Oftentimes, we can have it all, but we can't have it all right now. Right. So, you know, there are times in a man's life, for example, where he realizes that, okay, I do recognize that I want this particular thing in life. But that's going to come in a time where 
things are a little bit more steady. Um, I think about even my father, as far as for when a lot of his money was made, was around the time when his kids were in their teens. <laughs> Why is that? Because these kids can, they're they're kind of they can function on their own, right? They're not on the they're not on the teat. They're not you know they're not they're not kids who who require as much maintenance as they did when they were very very small. And where he had to have, he had to be home more. He had to be, you know, available more to help with my mother and in, in raising us and stuff like that. So, right then in those early years, he had to take those um, those um, certain hours in regards to his work. But then when he got later on, when we got older, and he, it allowed him more time, then he made a whole heap of money, right? And then maybe later on when he gets older, that might, you know, fall some too, as it often does fluctuate for many people in the American economy in general. So it's not that you can't have it now, but it's that recognizing, hey, um, it's not it's not it's not that you can't have it all. It's just that you can't have it all now. And you have to learn to curb those 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 insatiable desires that cont- you have to have that contentment so that you don't wreck your family in the process. Right. And sometimes you can't have it at all. I definitely want to be clear on that. Mm. Because, uh, you know, you're kind of <laughs> just like, you know, maybe you'll have it another time. You know, maybe God is saying not yet as opposed to no. But sometimes God is saying no. Yeah. Like sometimes God is so. like, this is not what Mm-mm. you're going to do. Mm-mm. This is just not what you're going to do. And I know that you had this great big idea, but I was just sitting back with a handful of peanuts just cackling, waiting for you to realize <laughs> that this is not what you're going to do. And you and that's where the contentment comes into play. Because it's just like when he does say that, even when even when he makes it clear and those things conflict and you know, my desire mm-hmm. is just totally off from what God's will is for me. That is where the contentment comes in because when you realize that what when we want something, we want it. And we we are like, I desire this. I'm so passionate about it. I'll do whatever I can to get this. And just like when you're in the candy store and you tell your mom, hey, mom, I really want this candy. Like, I really do. And your mom's like, yeah, but we're not doing that. Right. You're heartbroken because you can't get that candy. Mm-hmm. So when you realize from God that, yeah, that desire you have not really going to happen in this lifetime. That's not happy. And that's and and I say that because we started our podcast on contentment versus happiness. Right. That's not you're not happy at that time. Nope. So contentment is what And are you going to throw an adult temper tantrum at that moment and con- or are you going to be content? Right. And contentment is what sustains you during those times because it's not all the time that your will will be completely aligned with God's will. Right. And, 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 and you know, one verse that I remember that um, uh, a good friend uh, that I've known for a little bit of time now on Facebook, um, his name was Sean Isaacs, and he stated, um, he quoted the Psalm chapter 127, verse 1, where it says, Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. And it's kind of like what Rochelle is saying here, where there might be a time when the Lord does not build a house. And you will be toiling and trying to fight it, and it will it will all, as this verse said, it will be in vain. 
it'll be for nothing. Unless it is first ordained by him, it will be for nothing. But that doesn't mean that you should therefore lack ambition. Because sometimes we say to ourselves, the other the ditch on the other side of the road is that, well, if God ordains it, it'll just poof and appear out of nowhere. Like, no, it's not going to poof and appear out of nowhere. What God typically does um, when he's not doing the miraculous, the few and far between miraculous things, is he works through secondary means. And typically human beings are those secondary means through which he works. And when he's working through those secondary means, that means that we have to be willing to... F- to 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 sow our seed to to um I wouldn't even say sow our seed I would say we should be willing to labor in the Lord to do those things that are necessary to bring those to bring what it is that we're trying to have come to pass especially when we know that at that point that we're not running into a brick wall um sometimes you do run into a brick wall and you realize okay it's time to quit and find exactly what it is that God wants me to do um but if you don't run into a brick wall and you know that this is this is this is a godly pursuit that you're going after, then absolutely go for it. Right. And that kind of brings us into our final point, um, talking about contentment in the home. Um, Again, you know, every time we podcast, we always like to leave you with some application tools. Practical. So that you can um, use it in your marriage. Um, So I... I want to talk about this specifically financially because we're newlyweds and a lot of newlyweds and even, um, you know, people who have been married for a good bit of time, everyone kind of has had this like statistic in their back of their brain, like finances are the number one reasons for divorce, like, you know, things of that nature. And so I don't, I want to talk about finances. I don't necessarily think that it's wrong to talk to your spouse about making more money. Mm-hmm. Right. Like if, you know, everybody knows what their situation is. And if for some reason I feel like my spouse needs to make more money, I don't think that that is a problem for me to say, hey, hun, like, you know, we have this vision. Um, I know you have this vision. Um, I don't think with based on what we're making right now, I don't think we can complete that vision. Right. You know. Um, so tough conversations to have, tough conversations to have, but I don't think they're wrong conversations to have. Right. Um, a a lot of times I, and I think that kind of goes to what we were saying in the past where it's like, sometimes people think that contentment means broke. Sometimes people, sometimes people think that contentment for wives mean never ask your husband anything, just be content with whatever he gives you. And I think that there's value in that thought, but I also think that God made you to be a mirror to your husband, and maybe your your husband may not realize that he's not being as hardworking as he thinks he is, and he might need you to just gracefully tell him, hey, babe, you have a vision, and I'm totally here to support that. I don't think that we can do that based on what we're bringing in. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think there's anything wrong with asking your husband to make more money, however... I think that there should be a cap on how much you bring it up. And I think contentment and just other strategies is what help that to work. Mm -hmm. Um, Because a lot of times I think we try to make our spouses complete us. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is you end up being this nagging spouse who's just kind of just like, hey, babe, like, we need to make more money. And then you start fighting about it. And then you start just fussing about it and doing all these things. And I think, you know, 
one thing I would suggest, and and this I'm saying this because you know I've learned this and just kind of seen it in other women, is that of course bring whatever desire you have to your spouse, but then after that, pray about it. Mm-hmm. Number one, not only pray about it, but just also find ways to fill in that gap. Mm-hmm. And so for example, to like be the change that you want to see. Right. So for example, like if you want your husband to make more money, right? Bring it up, right? Talk right. to him gracefully. Don't emasculate him. Don't make him feel lesser than. Bring it up, right? Nothing wrong with that. After you've kind of brought brought that up, whether you see a change or not, at a certain point you need to look inside of yourself and say, okay, well, what skills do I have that I can multiply our family's money mm-hmm. based on those skills? And start to work on those skills. Mm-hmm. While you're praying for your spouse, work on your own skills because if you build it, they will come Yeah, to a certain extent, right? Um, so create your own revenue of income that you can use for your household. Yeah. Um, and at a certain point, your husband will pick up the pieces and figure it out. Yeah. He may not, you I know. I mean the Proverbs thirty one woman is taking her husband's wealth and multiplying it. You know, like it's 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 a it's a very delicate balance and for husbands too, there are, there are demands that you want of your wife that maybe you're not seeing that you're not satisfied with right now and that you need to learn to have contentment with in regards to her sanctification. Um everybody's pace is different. Um Friendly reminders is okay. Um, incessant nagging on either side can be. I think that's a level of discontentment, right? Because at that point you're you're reminding them of what you've already told them about, right? And um, that's been one of the biggest lessons. It's, it's a very tough thing. That's been one of the biggest lessons for me. Um, Timing, because a lot difficult. of times, sometimes. A lot of times what I've learned to think is like, wow, like Rochelle, you have a lot of time of your on your hands to be upset with your husband in this regard based on XYZ. Yeah. Like, you know, like you could be you're you're not you're not praying for your spouse. Let's start there, right? You're not praying for your spouse. And then two, it's like you're not using all of the resources that you have. You're not exhausting them. You're just doing the bare minimum and trying to put that whole weight on your spouse. And that's not fair. In other words, there's a level to which, um, you know, as a husband, for example, when, and Rochelle and I talk about me working on this all the time, I have a level in which I stew over things. And I, it's almost like I, it, it pleasures me more to stew over the problem than it does to fix the problem, right? And the contentment would would be found if I just took my all that energy that I'm using to stew over it to fix it. But sometimes I think we're so much, we're wallowers. And we wallow in our sorrow, we wallow in our problems, and we want... To have somebody say, woe is me, you know what I'm saying? To, or just have somebody to blame. Yeah, or to blame or just something in that direction that that is not focused on the solution. And when 
you have contentment, however, contentment will cause you to say, okay, I am solutions based. I am not going to sit here and just be, you know, I, I look, I know that God is sovereign and I know that he will work on whatever it is that I am praying that my spouse, you know, becomes more sanctified on. And in that meantime, what is it that he calls me to do right now? You see what I'm saying? And, and I think that 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 energy that you're using towards complaining or towards, uh, you know, looking at your wife and having a list of things that you wish that she would just do better. It's so much better spent when you show it and you mirror it very much. So like Ro was just saying earlier, and that will that will more so, I guess, be a blessing in your life than, you know, um, than the the whole methodology of just being a victim the whole time. Yeah, and that's... To your circumstance that always changes. And that's where contentment comes into play, like we said. Um, because, you know, when all these things are going and all these bombs are going off in your home, um, you're not happy in that time. And we, we always want to be transparent. Um, you're, just, you're just not happy as a, you know, as an emotional human that's moody and fluctuates you're not happy at that time when you want your spouse to make more money or you want them to improve on this area or maybe it's a, it's an issue that has nothing to do with either of you maybe it's an outside source that is just kind of causing some tension in your relationship you're not happy during those times so it is contentment during those times that sustain you um, and is what gets you through. Because if you bank on your happiness, you'll just be, you know, wailing around like one of those. <laughs> do you know what I'm about to say? Like one of those blow balloons by the car yeah. dealerships. Like you're just like blowing around yeah. like just crazy. Like just there's no structure. There's no. Tossed to and fro by the wind. Yeah, there's no solid ground that you stand on you're just anything can blow you any type of way because you're banking on your happiness which again like we said 50 million times on this podcast will change yeah and that actually is nicely puts a pretty bow on the top and brings the topic back full circle um in regards to that solid foundation versus those those fluctuating emotions um always remember to keep that that solid foundation in your life, which is Christ. And, you know, I think from there you will find so much more. Um, you'll even find the happiness that you're looking for. Um, and, uh, and, and even well above that, well, well beyond that. So, yep. So to wrap up, we will kind of want to reiterate, um, some of the topics that we talked about. So that first topic being contentment versus happiness, um, you know, they are two different things. Happiness is something that is fleeting, um, something that is not consistent, um, something that is completely conditional. Um, so you want to make sure that you are content over happy. Um, that second point, contentment being more about your heart than it is your circumstances. You want to make contentment um, what it is, which is that mirror of, you know, how you respond to Christ based on whatever he's throwing at you. Sometimes God gives you tests and contentment is what shows God, I know that you're testing me right now. And through that, I, 
I yet I still have joy, right? Or yet yet I still have peace. Um, so it's more about your heart than it is your circumstances. Um, also, you know, our next point is that you know, contentment doesn't mean that you can't be ambitious. Um, contentment does not be mean broke. Um, poverty is not necessarily a virtue. Um, but at the same time, you want to make sure that you are putting God's word, God's accurate word in the forefront of your life. Scripture being that central basis on which you make all of your moves from, you don't just take every dollar, but you take dollars that, you know, edify you and um, still glorify God. Um, next point, ambition versus sovereignty. Remembering that we are finite human beings and just to kind of not feel guilty when we've reached our capacity for the day. Yep. Um, that's just life. That's how God created us to be. If you con- constantly think of yourself in the image of God, he created you to get tired at a certain time. So count those Z's and go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and be okay in that. And also knowing that sometimes your wants and desires will conflict with God's will and being okay with being content and checking your desires and submitting them to God's will. Yep. And then last, contentment in the home. Um, not being afraid to ask your partner for progression, but also being content when those things don't move as fast as you'd like them to. Um, being content and just kind of knowing how to function, knowing how to do your part in your marriage. Um, doing your part, I think, is another fruit of contentment. Um, I think happiness, you're always kind of just like, make me happy. Hey, hey, you, make me happy right now, please. Hey, I'm not happy right now. Can you make me happy? Please, thanks. But I think contentment takes a more proactive ap- approach where you're just like, I have this desire. I'm content regardless. Now, what strategies and steps can I take to assist my spouse to be his help me or to assist her? Um, to be her, her head and her, her leader. Right. To getting this goal accomplished. Yep. Um, just two different perspectives, two different strategies, two different mindsets. One is placing, one is casting your cares on your spouse. Mm-hmm. The other is is casting your cares on oh, Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. Yep. Yep. And so, yeah, that's all we got for you this week. Um, thank you for tuning in. Um, we will be back next week with another podcast. All righty, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.